0: Got a chance to see Chris Kerber at an event that uh, Ben Boyd from the St. Louis Cardinals held over the weekend. Ben is, like Kerbs, a huge advocate and actually put his money where his mouth uh, is in terms of working with big brothers, big sisters. And tragically, the little brother that Ben Boyd had was murdered a couple of months ago. And so there was a fundraiser for uh, the memory of Jarvis Wheat. And joining us now is Chris Kerber. And Kerbs, I know that it meant a lot to you to be at that event because... Because of your involvement with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and to support our mutual friend Ben Boyd,
2: yeah, you know what, Randy really did, and uh, uh, just to watch how Ben has helped Jarvis's family steer through this uh, goes so much more beyond what Big Brothers Big Sisters uh, is even all about. It, it it just shows you how one not only the need for it, but two, just how you become you know so close with with the the peers and and, and the kids. That you're mentoring, and um, just so proud of Ben and, and what he did, and, and it is tragic because Jarvis, uh, uh, his his sister, about ten years ago uh, uh, had had been shot as well, and, and so that family's dealt with some real tragedy. So to see you, uh, John Jay was out there, uh, you know, so many other Steve Moore and, and and so many people that have worked with with Ben over the years, He uh, showed up. Uh, the Cardinals uh, represented, the Blues represented, everybody did, and. Uh, a tragedy, without a doubt, but Ben uh, and Jarvis's family doing the best they can with it. It was it was really a special day.
1: Absolutely, Kerbs, and, and what a sad situation. Uh, let's ask you about Matthew Kachuk, though. That's the headline of the day in the NHL and here in St. Louis. What did you make of the reported offer that the Blues posed to Calgary for Matthew Kachuk?
2: Uh, you know what? Every time I I'd think of an offer, I think of what there was one hang-up, Michelle, and the hang-up was was the fact that uh, two of the salaries, or you, you were going to have to, no matter what, have to move a, a salary like a terasenko's like a Tory Krug, otherwise it was just going to cost you too many pieces off your roster, you know? And and so like, you would have you would have had to piecemeal a Scandella, a Barbashev, a Cairo, and still wouldn't have had enough space, right? So the problem that I think, if and, and I haven't talked to Doug or anybody yet about this, but there's two things that jump off the page at me. One, the Blues didn't have a 115 point player to swap back, Uh, so that's an interesting factor. I guess that's number that that there's actually three things. Two is the fact that the no trade clauses that the Blues have given their players plays a role in this. You could you know you can offer a player to Calgary, uh, but if there are full no trade clauses versus the modified ones, then the player could say no, and that makes it extremely hard to move. And so even if you've had enough pieces to get the deal done you still had to try and find a way to move one of those types of contracts and that that I think is a lot harder to do which reemphasizes when everybody sits back and says hey why don't you just give a full no movement there's one of the great reasons why you look at uh, Ryan McDonough for example with uh, you know that that Tampa traded to Nashville yeah he agreed to it but he had a full no movement clause the only thing you can do is say, okay, look, you can pick a team you want to go to. We'll try to get a deal done. Or if you don't want to do it that way, we'll waive you, and then you could end up in in, in Ottawa, you know, or someplace. So, um, you know, th- that's up to you. And so that's the second one. The third one for me is is really the fact that when you really look at it, if you're Brad Trey Living and you've just been left at the altar at the 11th hour by Johnny Gaudreau, now the next cornerstone of your franchise has told you, albeit a lot more up front than Gaudreau did, I'm, I'm not like to, I'm not likely to re-sign with you. I got to think Brad Trey Living is sitting there thinking. Listen, I like him. I respect Matthew Gachuk, but I'm not necessarily in the business of trying to make you real happy by sending you home. You know, so <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, and, and, then, and then you could send him. And on top of that, this is this
0: has got a classic
2: edge to it. You traded him out of your conference, right? You traded him where you only have to deal with them twice a year in the regular season, and then not again until the Stanley Cup Finals. So there's. There's a lot to it, and in the end, it it probably shook out the way it was supposed to.
0: So, Curbs, let's go back to something that you've mentioned in the past, and it seems as if Bull Duke and neighbors are going to have to play relatively key roles with the Blues this year. And I was mentioning to Michelle before the break – Hey, we've had to rely on Zach Sanford in the past as a young player. We've had to rely on Tage Thompson in the past. We've had to uh, – Kairu and Thomas had to grow up. It doesn't, for most guys, happen overnight that you turn into a good NHL player in your first month in the league.
2: It doesn't happen for superstars either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could pick up a ton of points like Connor McDavid that has done right from the start. But it also shows you, you know, how – how hard it is to win. Look, look at, look at Nathan McKinnon, look at Gabriel Landeskog, these guys that just won a Stanley cup. It it, it takes a while and it takes a team. And that's one of the reasons. If you go back to the Kachuk thing, it's, it's one of the reasons we're giving up too many pieces. doesn't make sense, but Randy, you're seeing it even with the St. Louis Cardinals. Now you think your lineup doesn't always win. And, you know, because there's growing pains. I mean, when you hear, uh, you know, Ali Marmol talking about, you know, a guy that's in a bit of some say, well, there's growing pains, and the only way to get through it is is got to go through it. That's every sport. So the reason that you were able to have success, I think, with Robert Thomas in 2019 and Zach Sanford and Sammy Blake was because you had Steen and O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Schwartz and Perron, and you had all the veteran guys that could play the roles, and those guys really played support roles with high-end skill. I wound up finding a way to be impactful look no further than the Pat Maroon double overtime goal. But if those are the guys you're relying on to make the plays and carry the mail, I, it's just, it's hard to win. And can you find lightning in a bottle with it? Yes, you can, but there's growing pains that go with it. I mean, look at a couple of the goals that were scored with Cairo on the ice against Colorado. You know, those are, they're growing pains. They're learning moments and you've got to go through them. So to me, uh, to me, they're going to have to play roles. Uh, I think the shift from, okay, there's no Matthew Kachuk available, what does your future hold? I think it's pretty clear to see where the Blues' future goes with these young guys, but you still got to surround with good quality veterans to help carry the mail there to grow them quicker.
1: Kerbs, we were talking about this earlier in the show, but it's kind of amazing to me that this time last year we were talking about Vladimir Tarasenko wanting to go literally anywhere in the NHL to get out of St. Louis, and now he seems to be firmly cemented on this team, and and maybe we're talking about an extension or something with the future. It's kind of crazy how life happens.
2: Well, it is, isn't it? And you know, that's why that's why he just let things play out. I mean, <laughs> look, and and it, and it still may go that way. You know. Look, it's, I, I think at some point, Doug Armstrong's going to probably have to determine, much like Brad Trey Living just did with Matthew Kachuk, what are your intentions for Vladimir Tarasenko? Because to me, I don't see Vladimir Tarasenko as a rental guy. I, I think if, you, if you've if you got the inkling that this guy is going to be leaving, I, I think you try to find if there's a deal to be made, a deal to be made. Um, and then if there's not, then I, then I guess he becomes your own rental. But to me, yeah, look. When the agent speaks out like that, I think Vladimir was put in a bad spot last year. We talked plenty about that. And then he came in and he had a good year. He proved himself. He had to prove himself. He had been unhealthy for three years. I mean, He had to prove himself, and he, and he did do that. And in the process, though, the Blues bring in another Russian like Pavel There's some camaraderie. There's some friendship. There's some fun that comes back to it, and situations change. And that's why uh, it's okay to play those things out a little bit. And if, and if there's a change of heart and a change of mind, you know, we're all for that. So, but right now it appears that Doug seems pretty, uh, pretty intent on having him part of this team.
0: Hey, Curbs, I, I want to ask you one more. And this is about a guy that we've talked about a lot, but he just turned 23. And we, we talked about his opportunities in the past, but Clem Costin is still around. I wonder if at some point he'll t- at least turn into a fourth line guy. Because to me, I- I've got. Barbashev and Kairou with O'Reilly. I've got Thomas with Butchnevich and Tarasenko. I've got neighbors because they say he's a top-nine guy, so I've got neighbors with Shen and Saad. But, man, there's going to be some openings on that fourth line, aren't there, with Logan Brown, Torpchenko out right now, but Achiari, Nathan Walker, Bullduke, Furk, 37 might get an opportunity, and maybe he can take advantage of it.
2: 37 is going to get another opportunity, you think, unless you've dealt. And, and you know, the reality of it is is he came over when he was 18. Um, he was that 32nd overall pick, dealt with an injury, a little bit of a gamble of a pick. He's got some of the grit. He's he's willing to bang the body around and and play that way. It just hasn't translated to a lot of consistency yet. And you're right. He's only he's only 23. If you look at it, he's the same age as Cairo, right? Pretty much the same age as, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the difference was is being that he did play junior hockey and, and was coming over from here, but he could play in the American Hockey League at 18. And uh, so he's developed a little bit slower, but, yeah, he's still around. The one thing, Randy, that will have to be defined very early on by the Blues is, and, and not be a question mark as it was all of last year is how do you define and sort out your bottom six and what is the identity of this hockey team? And right now, I, I think with the loss of David Perron um, and the way things have just kind of sorted out because of the cap, I think that probably is still a fair question to ask. But without a doubt, you have to figure out what is your identity as a hockey team and and they were looking for that consistency on the fourth line. And right now, that fourth line is completely unput together, and they'll have to figure out how
0: that builds. Curbs, as always, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. You have a great week, and we will talk soon. Yeah, you guys do as well. And, uh, Randy, thanks again
2: for, uh, for being there for Batman. That was an awesome event.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for being yep. there as well. That's the voice you of the blues, it. Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Grifols Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at Grifflesplasma.com.